Welcome to the 624 Pod, your home for all things independent films. We're going to discuss all the positives and negatives when it comes to independent filmmaking. We're going to have incredible guests from the film industry talk about the behind the scenes experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how the industry has changed in the past 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, minutes, hours, years. years. That's the point. It's always changing. And of course, we will always focus on independent filmmaking right here in our state of New Jersey. I'm Tom Baldinger. And I'm Mark Rigadana. All right, let's do this. I am so excited, Tom. Tell our viewers who we have today. Why don't you tell our viewers who we have today? Or do you want me to? I want you to. You're the host. No, we're co-hosts, dude. Well, you know what? We're not even going to talk to this guy. Let's let you yeah, and I talk. We got to hatch this out. <laughs> so our guest today, <laughs> please tell me that's cheese whiz. <laughs> our our guest today is the famous stand-up comedian and actor, Chris Roach. Chris, welcome to the Six Twenty Four Podcast. Thanks for coming in, man. Yay! Oh, hello, guys. <laughs> What's going on? Who's that Showtime show? It was some guy used to, re- it was like in the 80s or 90s. Some guy used to review movies and he always thought about it. He was on his typewriter and he was oh. like, he was writing a screenplay. And all of a sudden, you look at the camera like he didn't know you just walked in the door. He's like, oh, hello. Was that Gene Shallot? No, it wasn't. It was, I'm trying to think. It I can picture one. him doing that. Like, I'm not sure if it was him. It was a guy, wait, it was a guy by himself. It was on Showtime and he reviewed movies. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> the crew of 30 people in this set didn't yes. let me know that we started i feel like i just walked in the room i worked a comedy club when i very first started and i remember the mc walked out like when the the voice of god came over and they're like ladies and gentlemen welcome your host mark Riccadonna. and he walked out this guy walks out and he walks across the stage like he was like going to go get a glass of water or something. <laughs> then all of a sudden he turns and he goes <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I didn't see you guys. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> <That's> stupid. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going like, did you not know that there were 500 people in the audience? <laughs> what are you guys doing here? <laughs> what are you doing in my living room? <laughs> So I'll, Chris, uh, I mean, we're, we're due to what we do on this uh, podcast is talk about independent filmmaking, filmmaking overall, TV shows, but first the Rangers. Oh yeah. Thursday, Thursday night, right? Brendan, my son's in the studio with us here. Brendan, we start Thursday night, right? How's he doing with hockey? Hockey. New York Rangers. Here we go. How's he doing? Well, he's uh, he's 17 years old right now. He plays for the Colonials, New Jersey Colonials, as a goalie, and uh, and he's also playing for the Hillsborough High School. And um, you know, he's he's doing good. He's having a good yeah. year so far. I think I talked hockey with him when we filmed that thing at that. I Delta. guarantee you did. Yeah, you probably I talked hockey to him, and I don't even know hockey. Right, because my my niece is a goaltender, my brother's a goaltender, my nephew's a goaltender. His a... father was a goaltender, and his, well, his father, father was a goaltender. goaltender. Let me tell you, it's goaltending's the family business. Goaltending is a different type of beast. It's a really a different personality. What's that? Bartending is my family. <laughs> like, how do you like? How do you like when, when I always when I always felt bad when the goalie gets scored on? Like, then he's got. You notice a lot of them. They do like. I don't know if your son does it. They after they get scored upon, they have like a routine. They go into the corner. 
Yes. They shake it off. They tap their stick. It's it's amazing yep. what they do to get back into the zone. So my, it was funny. My son and I were talking about this the other day. So, <clears throat> you know, a pitcher will throw, you know, he'll throw the strikeout and you see him and he's, he's cheering, right? You'll see somebody catch a great pass. They're, you know, they're spiking the ball. The quarterback is on. But if a goalie makes a great save, you don't see him cheering. You know what I mean? Right. Throws it back out. Just throw the puck back throw out and again. do it again. Exactly. Right. Unless it's one of those glove hands where they're falling down, the glove goes up and the crowd goes. Oh, uh, he's he's done that. He, he's even admitted to my son's admitted to me saying, he "Goes dad, I didn't have to like flash the letter. I could have just caught it." But he'll go, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, you know, it's for show. It's for show, you know. Yeah, exactly. I I said I go, oh, tonight NHL starts because he he Brendan brought it up, and I go, and we got Chris Roach. Like that's not, and he goes. Rangers are on Thursday. I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> otherwise we're going to have Chris like this the whole time. <laughs> what were you saying? You going to any games this year, Chris? Any Ranger I games? Can I, uh, I'll be completely transparent with you boys. Uh, uh -oh. When I got on the, the Kevin Kuwait, I contacted a, uh, a publicist. I hired a publicist and I said, you know, because that should come money for a little while. And I said, I'm a big Ranger fan. If you can get me Ranger tickets, that would be great. And I'm thinking just f free tickets sitting anywhere. They have a celebrity section behind the bench. And nice. I'm sitting in a celebrity section. <clears throat> I got to, I became friendly with uh, F. Murray Abraham. Uh, I took my nephew to a game one time. And between periods, they put you in like a little suite with like these sternos and you're eating. And <clears throat> I'm sitting at a table of four, me my nephew, who was like 16 at the time, the goalie, uh, F. Murray Abraham, and Spike uh, Lee, and his no, his agent. So, my nephew, I told my nephew, do me a favor. If you if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything to anybody. Just be, be cool. <laughs> you know? he goes to F. Murray Abraham. Uh, you're like I know you're famous and all, but I don't know who you are. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you shut your goddamn mouth. What did I tell you about? And I said, Mr. Abraham. Oh, oh. <laughs> I said to Abraham, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to explain to my nephew that in the world of acting, he only knows hockey. I said, in the world of acting, you're Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> he goes, thank you very much. Can we curse on this? Or should I just say Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. Because then, like, the second time I was hanging out with him, I said, uh, ah! I thought, you, I thought you were going to say, F. Oh. Murray Abraham goes, who the hell's Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> I saw, oh, we lost you. Yeah, because something yeah. went on my screen. I tried to swipe it off, and I swiped you guys too. I'm sorry. So the second game, I'm sitting with him between periods. I said, good to see you again, Mr. Abraham. And he leans over. He goes, Mr. Abraham, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but so then, next thing I know, they put me on the jumbotron like two or three times, which is, by the way, the longest seven seconds of your life. They put you on the jumbotron, and you're like, I'm like, let's go, Rangers. Two. Three, four, <laughs> five, six. And you're like, yeah. look. And then after they put me on the jumbotron, the first time, the first time they put me on the jumbotron, I heard like way up back behind me, who is that? That makes me feel better. <laughs> That's funny. But then oh. it was crazy. I was becoming friends with some celebrities, like, like say, uh, Deborah Messing. Her son's a big Ranger fan, so I would sit by them a lot. And I got to the point where she said she like she'd be like, "Hi, Chris," and she gave me a hug and a kiss. And as I'm hugging her, I'm in my head, I'm like, "I live at my dad's house in Ronkonkoma." <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. So I was, and yeah, getting back to your question about have I gone to any games this year? Or are you, are you going to any games this year? Oh, here's the thing. After getting that treatment, mm. it's <laughs> hard to go back. Mm. That's how we feel and, about concerts, just because I'm friends with Don Jameson. I don't even yes. have any talent. Right, right. Now, listen. So it was like four years, three years, three years after the show got canceled, I put in for my, you got to put into the email to the hospitality person. And she goes, oh, Chris, okay, I'll send you over a price list. I was like, price list? Uh, That's when I knew the free seats were over. And I wrote back to her uh, and I said, I was very honest. I said, listen, I know the game. I'll write you back when I have something going on, you know, that you could, you know, hey, there's yeah. Chris Broach from this show, from the, you know, yeah. it hasn't right. happened yet, but I'm, wor I'm working on it. But, um, <laughs> hey, Mark, I meant to ask you, uh, I actually got an audition. I have to go into the city tomorrow for the first time. And I can't even tell you. <laughs> years that's I, it's like what you want yeah. to see me in person you want to see me in person this uh, <laughs> freaky because mark and i would bump throughout the years mark and i would bump yeah. into each other at house on uh on west 14th well, I think yeah that was, yep. that, would you guys would you guys be uh, would you guys go up for the same role yeah, yeah. he's a, a like blue collar guy Yes, but I remember one when I saw him when I saw Mark come in. I'm like, he's got this part because sometimes you look at other guys, you're like, he's got this part. But I remember one, you and I were auditioning for a NASCAR commercial, oh. and, and it was a truck driver, and he was pumping and he was pumping gas. I remember very well because you came in, you had the chops, and the, <laughs> and the mustache. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go home. <laughs> He's wearing a John Deere cap. Yes, you were, you were you were the guy. And how do you never got that? I have no idea. I was gonna, who got? Do you guys know who got it? No. Well, sometimes you know. What's so weird about acting is. Uh, yeah, talk to us about that whole like audition process for you when you when you see a friend and you go, oh, he's got. The yeah, role. Well, it's crazy because when you see your friend, it's so much easier to like, like, oh, I know what he could do, and with this script and how he would, you know get it and whatever and every time i've ever looked at a script they go yeah i don't got a shot <laughs> you can beat yourself up every script man every script you can beat yourself up i remember i know uh, five guys that are better at this than me <laughs> i remember going for a voiceover at house and uh only a few times i went a handful i went over there voiceovers and the actor sits down two seats next to me with the same script and i look at it He's the guy that was in, uh, I'm trying to think of the name, very, a famous actor. He was in the movie Hoffa with, with, uh, with uh, who played Hoffa? Pacino? No. Uh, no, he played it in the, a Jack, Jack, Irishman. Jack Nicholson. Yes, he's the guy that shot Jack Nicholson. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. I just can't think of his name right now. But oh, I can't. I know. I know who you're talking about too. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. see him sitting next to me. I'm I'm have to, I'm if to we only had a device, device to look these things up, right? Right. But you want when you see somebody walking like that, you're like, uh, yeah. You know what? I, we, we'll go to our <laughs> we'll go to our co-producer behind the wall here, uh, behind the glass, Brendan or my son. Look up uh, who shot Jimmy Hoffa in the Hoffa movie. The actor. Look it up for us. Well, go ahead, Chris, go ahead, Chris, and he'll he'll find so, it for us. Um, yeah, what are they saying? So the, yeah, it's, 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 I, I like it when I see, it. it's a good feeling to see somebody you, like, there's a few guys I like, I'm sure Mark too, you become friends with just from over the years, seeing the same time. Well, I always laugh when you get called in you sit down and you're like, Oh, that's me. If I worked out, 
That's yeah. me if I had short hair. Yeah. That's me if I put on twenty pounds. I would get. I would get these rolls. Fat this, fat that, fat. I'm like, am I that fat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, do, like, do you guys ever like your agent will call you and like give you a description for a role and you go, "Fuck you!" Like, I, I don't. Yes. That's not me. Oh my god, oh, I had the. I had a reversal of that. I got called in and I go, uh, I go into the audition and it was for this magazine, cargo magazine. And it was, uh, I walk in and everybody in there is ripped. <laughs> everybody in there looks like models. And I'm like, I looked at the girl behind the desk and I literally said to her, I go, I think I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> and she was, she's like, no, 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 sit, sit, sit. And she ran into the back, like, and I cut the line. Get out. I was like, next? I just got here. And I walk in, and I look at the guy, and there's like four models in front of a green screen with their shirts off. <laughs> and I look at the, the casting director, and I was like, I, I think I don't want to waste your time. I think I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> am, I the, am I the before photo? <laughs> <laughs> but he goes, he goes, no. I put in the breakdown. I wanted regular guys to wear suits. And they wow. sent me all these models. Holy shit. And the guy goes, will you take your shirt off? And I'm like, I I mean, I have a big belly. And he's like, yeah, take your shirt off. And I go to take my shirt off. And as my gut comes out from underneath, I just hear him go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up getting the part. Oh, Jesus. The article was called How to Hide Your Gut in a Suit. So they sent all these guys with six packs. Oh, that's hilarious. They were looking for a fat ass. I was like, when I walked, I thought they were all like behind the thing. Like, let's make this fat guy take his shirt off. You know? <laughs> like, they were, I thought I was going to get picked on and made fun of and all this shit. I ended up getting the role. <laughs> that's awesome. Who? Hey, we got, who's the actor? Oh, we got it. The actor who played the part who. No, we need the actor who played the, the part that shot Jimmy Hoffa in the movie. Have yeah. you uh, have you guys worked together uh, stand up like uh, like have you guys done shows together on the road? Yeah, in his hometown. Yeah, that's right. We uh, yeah, Roach and I, I I love working with him. He is the uh, open for him is one of the best things in the world because his style. There's so many comics uh, that you work with that you love, but their style's so uh, crazy or different, and then it's like a weird match. Him and I have a similar, like, yeah, we're like buddies. And yeah. so it's like when they do the show and I work with Chris, people will come over after and be like, you guys are friends, right? And it's like, right. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> I always like comedians that can get a big laugh without yelling. And Mark's one of those guys. Because, <laughs> you know, you, there is like, I, I think it was early on. I was that. Did you ever do a Casbah in Wildwood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was Don. Uh, what's his name? Mark Vito. Don Vito. He called himself the Don. The Don. He came out and was like, yeah, is that uh, is that funeral procession joke? Is that a new bit? I'm like, yeah. How'd you know? He goes, because you're yelling it. <laughs> That's right. brilliant. Good. I want you to go next show. I want you to go up there and just say it like you normally would say it. And that was a big lesson for me. I was like, <laughs> he's right. I was yelling because I was so nervous about the new joke. I was trying to sell it by yelling it. The volume will make it funny. Yes, uh, that's a crutch. <laughs> the crutch. Yeah, I know. I know comedians that rely on that. Yeah. Well, I love I, them. But I got to walk out of the room when they're on because of my ears. 
I well, and the other thing is, is that it's like, uh, you know, they they feel like if if they yell it or they scream it, it, it it's funny. And then you think about the joke, and you're like, there's nothing really there. No, it's mm. just a just a guy yelling at me. Right. Sometimes I, I mean, sometimes it'll fool the audience on some nights. They're like he's high energy. He must be. You know, he's, this must be funny. It must be funny. He yelled it at me. He yelled it at me. <clears throat> Have you guys ever been, uh, you know, you, you're doing your show on the road, uh, you know, comedy show, and then you go and you hear a joke and you go, holy shit, that was somebody else's joke. They, a lot. Have you, like, do you see that a lot where people are stealing each other's or stealing each other's act? I saw a show out in Vegas. I think I told you. I'm not going to say who the two act, who the two comedians are. Rhymes with? One comedi- What's that? Rhymes with? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Good try. I, cause I almost fell for that shit. <laughs> um, so I'm watching this this comedian's act, and I went, I'm what, and he had this complete like joke, and it was a story, and I went, wait a second, I've heard this before, and I li- immediately called my wife afterwards, and I told her, and I was like, honey, wasn't that the same joke that we heard so and so, and she was like, yeah, and I was like, oh my god, this guy, one What's of them just- stole from each other. The person you saw in Vegas is definitely the one who stole it. Right. I told you. I told you. The other person is Joey Cola. (laughs) That's terrible, Mark. I was going to ask you if they were Italian. (laughs) (laughs) There is, there's like, there's three Italian comics that write really original, amazing stuff. Joey Cola being one of them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then there's about 15 bottom feeders that just, cherry pick stuff from those three oh, comics Bruce, what's his name's good uh from jersey mike donna donna is a great one donna is the top but then there's, like, uh, what's his name Get, hit him with the bat oh yeah 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 he's he's good <laughs> but, yeah, but then all of a sudden you know after like then after that it's like that one comedian was it was named joe fernandez who did the the uh it's a smooth, oh yeah it, it is <laughs> brilliant i, I never he, met the, he's guy. the italian comic teacher oh, how no. to teach you how to be an italian comic what were those classes they were giving out they were called uh uh the, the ten talk master class and he joe, joe fernandez it's so so funny and the thing that kills me about it is a lot of the lines in it i know who it who he's who he's saying without saying it yes. really yeah like we oh Oh, that's that guy. Okay, I got it. Yes, because the Italian comedians tend to uh, venture in the same. Do they ever? Do they ever approach each other? Like, do they? Oh, comedians go up to each other and go, "Like, dude, that's my joke. Like, you stole that from me." I've heard that with uh, a a buddy of mine told me that he goes, "So and so is doing my joke." Chris Monty. He was just telling me recently. The guy goes, "Yeah, I heard somebody called me said he's doing my joke." That that happens a lot. Yeah. I, I I found it really funny. I was at in Long Island. This is when I first started out, and um, I forget who is headlining. It's a good thing I forget because they they're the punchline of the joke, uh, of the story. But um, <clears throat> it was Dom Herrera and Joey Cola walked in, and they were like, "Hey, what are you guys doing here?" And they go, "We came to see our old act." <laughs> that's, that's great. So let me ask you, uh, being both of you are actors and both of you are stand-up comedians, what is the process like when <laughs> he's doing it? He's so fun. I love the 
love it. What is the process? Is the process as far as getting prepared, your your preparation for stand-up versus preparation for a role when you're going on set for a TV or a movie? Talk what's that like for you, Chris? Is it is it the same? Is it different? Is it um well what the easy like for like for kevin can wait you were you you know you you a successful tv show there that you were on and and uh you know what was what was that that was very nice of you (laughs) so what was that like versus preparing for you know you're about to go on the road too i think aren't you yeah no i just got off the road with kevin which was phenomenal he's he's been really good to me but uh you know it's uh you'll get a script for me, I was like, I was like the worst, my worst fear when I was on that show, show was to like forget a line. So I was like maybe even over rehearsing, which is not never good either, but until I relaxed a little bit. But uh, I think it was like we were filming the pilot and Kevin messed up one of his lines and the, and the audience laughed and I felt like 200 pounds fall off my back. It was like, oh, mm. and I, I was, sometimes I wonder if he did that on purpose just to relax everybody and, because the audience went berserk. They loved it. The audience loved it. Um, they want to know you're human. They want to know you're human. Is right. Vulnerable. Their vulnerability is is the key to stand-up and acting. Uh, but the, the good thing about stand-up is like we have a script that we could rehearse and change if we want to. Whereas, you, you know, somebody's going to be with script for acting. These are the words. And some, you know, some directors or writers might let you play around with the words a little bit or take some liberties where some may not uh well it's sitcom the timing is so important so you really can't mess around the lines at all at least i couldn't you know i'm just like a recurring character as opposed to you know i'm not the you know star of the show so i don't i didn't mess around those lines i delivered them as best i could where oh recently i did um it was almost like a ted talk kind of thing where i talked about uh how i got to stand up and uh how i got on the show and i gotta tell you man i was out of my element it was mm. it was public speaking <clears throat> and I, I was like this is this is because i didn't have my you know sometimes like mark we go on autopilot on something like yeah you can it was funny because we had jackie uh we had an actress on earlier who's in a a broadway show she and she was like i give it all i, I leave it all on the stage and we were talking about that and I didn't want to pipe in because I was like, I'm a comedian. I half-ass it almost <laughs> regularly. <laughs> Every once in a while, like an old bit will throw in a new tag and that'll like that'll make me happy for the ride home. Like, oh, I got a new jump tag, you know. Yeah. But, but, but for, with with comedy, it's like it, it's not that you're being lazy and like phoning it in, but there's part of you who's delivering your show. And there's another party who's kind of scanning the audience to go, is everything going okay? Is everything going okay? <laughs> and and so it's, and you also, the difference between what they do and what we do as stand-up and is they're singing and they're giving their heart and their yeah. energy where we're supposed to be playing it cool and just yeah. making a little, hey, you know, and the other thing was, uh, right, you know, where they're, ah! oh, it's so, like, yeah so i mean i i think if you give it your all as a stand-up you, you, you probably annoyed the audience yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a comedian i know 
that when he gets off stage, I'm like, if that was me, I'd, I I would have to like lay down and get an IV or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a Robin Williams or something where he's constantly improvising and running around. Yeah, like that. Like that's giving your all. I mean, that's a different animal. That's like well, you could you would <clears throat> his last stand up was what that was it 2002, 2003 or 2004. It was it was in the early 2000s. It was on HBO, and by the end of that that special he was soaking wet like you could yeah. just see he was he just he threw it all out there um yeah guys like that that do comedy and they they'll dance up there and they'll sing i'm like that's that's almost like they're now they're an entertainer it's like do you even call them a i don't know you're a comedic entertainer but they're like something chris Roach, i'm a song and dance man i'm a song and dance <laughs> <laughs> Chris, talk talk to us a little bit about the difference uh, you've done. Obviously, like I said, you were on a, a on a on a successful TV show. You've done independent film. Talk to us because this is this you know six twenty four productions is an independent production company. Talk to us about the differences on working on big studio versus independent film. Tell us a little bit about that of your your experiences. And, and obviously, it's uh, you know you walk into a studio a show. It's very different on the fact of right the of different course. people but as an artist working on it right what even dive into that a little yeah as far as doing like what a sitcom to like a, an independent film yeah, yeah you do an indie film and there's like one guy with a camera <laughs> and a sound guy with just yeah. a, you know <laughs> yeah you know what it, it was an adjustment at first and sometimes like with the independent film i'm like am i too relaxed am i mm. Am I too calm? Am I not taking it serious enough? And then I would get mad at myself. I'm like, like I want to give the same performance to an independent film that I would to a, uh, a CBS sitcom. That kind of professionalism, that's what I want. Where sometimes I'm like, like when I get the script, like am I not looking at it like I would if it was a sitcom? Am I like kind of being lazy with it? You know, not making, not looking, not making choices. And I've caught myself doing that once or twice where I'd see the finished product. I'm like, I could have done so much better mm. if just, you know, spent more time with the script. I, I've caught myself doing that. And I, I put into that very early on where I was like, oh, this is just a one guy with a camera and blah, blah, blah. And I look at my performance and it's, I thought it sucked mm. because I didn't, uh, I, I don't think you I think, would... and it's because you looked at it as like, well, this is just, Yes, it's a, it's a low budget thing, so yeah. I don't put as much effort in it. Or yeah. almost like, like I, I, I like, it was going to be like, maybe a little bit of that. Me, but like, oh, it's second age. I got this. This is only a top out. There's nobody, nobody. I gotta get nervous around. There's not a big named uh, producer or actor in it. And then I, when I look at like, I go to see the viewing, and I'm and I'm upset with myself. I'm like, this was an opportunity mm. to put a nice clip on my acting reel. And I could have done better. It was okay, but I think I could have done better. Uh, and uh, yeah. Now, with um, now, you also produced and directed independent film. Just one. You, just one? I thought you did two. I'm sorry. Uh, no, just one because I uh, it was you the acted other. in the other one. Yeah, no, the other one I produced and 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 uh, I wrote was called Umbrellas Kill. It was a mockumentary, and it. I remember I have this bit about getting hit with an oversized umbrella in New York City, being tall. <laughs> so I started writing this. I remember sitting at a Starbucks writing this bit, and 
it started feeling like it was getting bigger and bigger. I'm like, this feels like a short film. And so I reached out to somebody and they loved the idea and we just ran with it. My old manager, Angelo, we ran with it. And we had so much fun. You know, if you ever watch, it's only 20 minutes long, but it's got all my comedic uh, influences on there. You'll see a little Monty Python, uh, you know, but I got to have, you know, a lot of friends on it too. Uh, and we filmed it locally and it was, it was a lot of fun, but it was during that I learned a lot and ha- learned a, and gained a lot of respect for everyone mm-hmm. involved that there is, when you make a film, there is three films, the writing, the filming and the editing, three equal parts, equally as important as the, as, as the next one. And when I sat with the editors, I had two different guys help me edit and I was like, wow, I had no idea the editing was like not only this much work, but it was such an art form. Yeah. Because an editor, and I remember speaking about this with, with Kevin James one time in a car. I said, oh, I was on a show called Instinct. It was a CBS show. And in the show, they're questioning me about a murder and they didn't know, but I just took cyanide. So I'll take my glass. So in the show, he's questioning me and I go, you know, I, uh, uh, and, I, and I fall off the chair, right? Now, we did 20 takes of that, and I know there was a few good ones in there, but the one that was on TV, I was embarrassed because it was like, <laughs> all of a sudden my eyes were like just going. <laughs> it was like the worst. I'm like, and I'm like, all the takes you picked that one? I looked as stupid. And <laughs> I remember telling Kevin about that, and he goes, that is my worst fear. He said, mm. that is my worst fear. Because an editor, and you, you see it with reality shows, an editor can make you look like a jackass. They, you could be the greatest guy on earth, and they can make you look like a total douchebag. You know, yeah. with, the, with the cuts, the editing, the zooms, the music. Yep. You know, I worked with this guy. We did a thing in Vegas, and he he was showing me how important editing is. Oh. And he took a little just, and it was a live show that was fil- filmed the tape or tape, whatever you call it, and he. He showed me just like, look, if I just adjusted this much to when I cut to the next thing, look at the difference. And I'm thinking it's like a millisecond. It's not going to be a big difference. Okay. And then all of a sudden we watched it. I was like, whoa. And he goes, yeah, that's why don't skimp on your editors. No. You, you oh. get a good one and an expensive one that earns their money. No, yes. I, I, I absolutely love our, our editors and, and just what editors Art. do because they, they're, they're true artists. I mean, Real you know, you, you, get a pro- you get the product done, right? You're the production done. And you're like, all right, now it's going into post-production. And then you get the first cut and you're like, holy cow. I, wow. And they find this is things. a real thing? Yeah, they find things that you didn't capture or you didn't I, really, like. There's, there are times I've, I've been on set or, you know, and, and I forget uh, going through my script notes. I'm like, oh, did we get that shot? And it's like, oh, yeah, we got it. Oh, but we also got this shot. We got the reaction of Mark and, you know, we got Chris's reaction. But And it's like yes. what an editor can, can do. It's like it, it's almost as if they really put the cake together, right? They, yeah. they, they mold it exactly. And they find things. It's like, it's like actors. I mean, editors and actors, you know, as a director, I love when an actor comes to set and starts to bring other things to the role, right? And they find a different ways of saying the line. And if I wrote it or someone else wrote it, if I wrote it, I go, oh, I was, that's not the way I would have said, yeah. said that line. And it's so much better, you know, or so, and editors do the same thing. They're, they're, they're a dime. They're not a dime a dozen. They are, they're rare, you know, and you got, uh, 
getting back to commercials, the, the one thing that well, I'm, I'm sure Mark's heard too is like they say when you're going for an audition, they think that you, they say to you, or your acting teachers will tell you, they think they know what they want. They don't know what they want. Yeah. You know, so don't give them what you think they want. You know, do whatever you feel, whatever you see, your script, and you see it, read it that way. Um, but on, on another note, with the, uh, as far as directing, I've gained a lot of respect for directors too because there's one scene in Kevin Can Wait where I, I walk in, Kevin's watching my kids, and I walk in and I go, hey, sorry, guy, I stopped off at Enzo's for a slice. And Andy Fickman, the director, comes up, he goes, do it again. But when you come in the door, I want you to be out of breath a little bit. And I come in like, hey, sorry, guy, I was... Uh, Sorry, late. I was at Enzo's. I stopped over for a slice, and it, when I didn't think I didn't think that'd be a big deal at time at the time. But when I saw it on TV, I was like, "Wow!" Huh. Just coming in like that, I wasn't an actor. That it, it didn't like changed. Right. It wasn't like you just said action, and I walked in. Hello, I came. I stopped over at Enzo's for a slice, and I remember saying to Andy Fickman, "I'm like, that was really cool. That adjustment." I said, "I, I love the way it looked on camera," and he, and he goes, "I've done this before." <laughs> <laughs> I'm my first rodeo pal. <laughs> I'm so impressed with like this little thing, and he's like, "Yeah, I've done this before." <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. I mean, you watch sometimes when you watch bad films, yeah. Like you see somebody walk in, you're like, "Why were they even walking there?" Like, yes. why is this? Other than the fact that we had to have this dialogue, this why are be, they there? <laughs> what's their objective? They got to be there for a reason. Yeah, I love I love looking at characters and like. Like okay, this character has a limp, but there's no, there's not an accident why this guy's limping. It's a, it's a choice that the director or producer, or or writer, somebody's yeah. limp. Somebody gave him that limp, and I noticed that a lot of times with the evil genius part, they always have a limp. Uh, you know, <laughs> For the backstory, we don't know what it is. Yes, yeah, they, they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't be the athlete they wanted to, so they. they Decided to become an evil scientist or something. <laughs> I always make a, a decision on my characters, and I think directors really love it. I always make my character ugly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's because I can't play handsome, but that, that's you're not handsome. the point. You're a swell looker. <laughs> well, the fact that you guys go for the same roles, you're both good-looking guys. Right? Oh, not, not now that Roach got this big man chin. He's going to be going for superheroes. <laughs> So Chris, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. Um, oh. That's but we're gonna we yeah, want you, we want to have you back, man. If you okay. if you'd be, you'd be more than happy to have you back, yeah, yes. definitely, man. This is great. I, this is really this is a good, good this is a good time. Good time. A good time. And uh, have we have I, to go to our question. Yes. So so our question we ask. Look at this face. I love it. Our question we ask of all of our guests: Give us your three top films. Three top films. You know what? Since Chris yeah. is a comedian, yeah, your three top comedy films. Okay, Ooh. I have three top films. I I give you three. I give you like the Green Book. I love Great. that one. You nice. could be in that too. Oh, yeah. you'd be so good as the the Vigo part. Oh, he was thinking about the great uh, Gladiator. <laughs> love Gladiator. Russell Crowe. They're making a you, sequel, by the yeah, way. And you could be the lion in that one. Yes, watch it. Sorry, it was a bug. Um, uh, <laughs> you were a gladiator right there. You're just yeah. killing things. Let me think of yep. a third one. Of course, it's Shawshank Redemption. Oh, I can go on and on. Um, 
three comedy films. The one comedy film that changed my life was, I think we were the drive-in movie when we were kids. My parents took us and, uh, Course, that's the only reason we would be there. Uh, <laughs> Caddyshack, classic, Ooh. and the scene classic. where Rodney walks into the restaurant. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, and just takes yes. over. I was like, "Yeah, I want to be that guy." Hey, yeah. hey, 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 all right. Up. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was mesmerized. Yeah. Sub question: When you first saw Caddyshack, and now. Who do you relate to most? Mm. Rodney. Rodney Dangerfield. I'm both? Yeah. Rodney when I was younger, Rodney was my choice. But now that I'm older, I'm like, man, if I worked at a country club and he showed up, I'd think he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, though. He didn't care. Yeah, that's but, true. What nice boy. To? Nice boy. Now I know white tigers eat their young. Yeah. Who would you relate to now on that movie, Mark? I, I think I, I don't know who it would be now because I... The, I mean, obviously, I'm not rich and snooty, so I can't. But I, Bill Murray, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm probably closest to Bill Murray. But Ted Knight was a genius. Oh, oh so good. So great. What are your other two uh, comedy films? Airplane. Ooh, Airplane, another. classic. Airplane. Uh, my sister bought that for my birthday a couple years ago. It's definitely one of my favorites. And, oh, the like. Like Caddyshack and Airplane are like you know how they're remaking movies. There are certain movies you just they you should never touch. Yeah, leave them, leave them, they leave them alone. Have even done a sequel and to Caddyshack. Airplane no. two when we Airplane two when you saw William Shatner play a comedic role was just yeah so brilliant. I when they went to the doors, shh, shh, yes, shh. And oh. The doors are open and closed. This guy that you know my whole childhood was so stupid. Captain oh, Kirk, this serious guy, now all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> you know, the the you know the funny guy or taking the Taking the yeah. hit, so yeah. good. I'm trying to think of a third. Yeah, I was gonna say, and your third, third comedic. Wow, uh, you know what? Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah, good Step Brothers. Good film. Very oh, yes. funny. Film. Very so funny. I get nervous when people don't do new movies, like right? Newer movies and their top picks. Mm. It's like, are we making worse movies or are we being oh, nostalgic? Step Brothers, Four Christmases was so good. You know, oh, there's so many. Yeah, uh, there's a there was a run of really great comedies. Yeah, from Adam Sandler, and then it switched oh. over to like the Will Ferrell years. Yep, there was so much good comedy. Damn this, little Nicky, I loved. What a boy, great. Uh, that's good. Did you did you find out the actor before we let John? Wait, Robert De Niro was the. Was the character who killed Jimmy Hoffa? No. No. Was Robert De Niro in that? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Armand Asante. What's, what's oh, it? Armand Asante played the mob boss. I think he's looking up the Irishman. Yeah, you're looking up the Irishman. This one was just called Hoffa. This one's just called Hoffa. Oh, I know the guy's name too. He's bothering me. <laughs> what's that? The... We'll get it. We'll get it. Nobody knows who killed Hoffa. Yeah, yeah, nobody can knows who killed Hoffa. Did I do um, three, three other movies that I say three? It was, yeah, so it's Green Book. You say Green Book, uh, Shawshank, Redemption, <laughs> and Gladiator. Gladiator. Of course, I'll be like driving late. I'm like, nah, those aren't my three. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, do you have anything you uh, you want to plug real quick? On, how uh, do people find yeah, you? Yeah, how can people find you? 
my hair plugs. I uh, <laughs> I have a new website, chrisroachlive.com. I gotta I gotta start putting my dates up. I gotta get, I, that's one thing I have to get better at. People are like, where can we see you? I'm like, uh, look at my website. Meanwhile, I haven't put any dates on it. Just put it on your calendar or on your phone a reminder first of the month to yeah. always just check at least this month's dates. Are you yeah. are you are you you got any upcoming shows? Um yeah, where am I? Uh Friday I'm with Kevin in Portchester, New York, opening for Kevin. And nice. uh Saturday then uh, Saturday I'm at a firehouse on Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> that's many... what i love about stand-up yeah, one day so you're doing a theater with one of the biggest stars in the world and then the next day you're doing a you know basement right. of a firehouse oh wait <laughs> yeah so last week i did and uh, uh i did a two-week run with kevin you know theaters anywhere from like 1500 to 5000 and a few days later i'm at the skyline diner in uh windsor locks connecticut <laughs> <laughs> love it. Competing with Manicotti. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. We'll uh we'll definitely have you back. There's so much more we got to talk about. Uh want to find out what influenced you to become a stand-up comedian. We want to talk about how you got on to Kevin Can Wait how you, and everything else that's uh, I got the no Kevin. It's a great story. I want to hear that story. Back. Cliffhanger. So, uh, so thanks, Chris, for coming on. We uh, so our show is brought to you by our sponsor, the uh, the Roost, which is also owned by Cream Ridge Golf Course out in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. Uh, great golf course there. Come out, swing the wrenches, have a cocktail, and then have a cocktail Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. The Roost has uh, live entertainment, uh, some some live bands playing there. Uh, maybe we can get uh, you and uh, you and Roach and the Roach. Show. There. We'll Roach, you do it. Say so you do. So maybe you do. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you do a you do a big show at uh, at the Prudential and then you come out to the Roost. You too. I like it. Yeah. I, the Roost is the restaurant. Yeah, it's the Roost, the restaurant, in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. It's it's part of uh, Cream Ridge Golf Course. They are. Gonna go down. Sponsor. We'll get the lamb chop. Oh, sounds like a barbecue place. <laughs> Chris, thanks so much. We'll uh, we'll have you back on, man. Really appreciate Boys, it. Love you guys. Awesome.